feel all five senses. Imagine yourself kicking the game-winning goal and the sweat dripping down your face, the bright lights, the roar of the crowd. And with each visual, fine-tune the experience and be as descriptive as possible. You know, you're painting the picture. You're the artist of your own story. What's happening, my friends? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Max McCoy, and this is Looking Up. So many of us feel like we're stagnant and we're stuck and we really can't progress in our craft, whatever that is, whether we're an athlete or not. Whatever our craft is, it can feel weird right now with this lockdown stuff that we can't get better, we can't do the things we know we want to do. But me and my guest today, we talk about how this is actually one of the best times to invest in yourself at the foundation level. Invest in your mental health, invest in your mental performance. On this episode, I'm joined by Haley Johnson. She's a former D1 athlete. She was a gymnast, and though we had different sports and crafts, we definitely are very like-minded. And so on this episode, Haley and I talk about tools we can use right now that will help your mental performance. We talk about visualization, meditation, and a bunch more. We talk about these things in the sense that you will be able to walk away from this episode and actually do the things that we talk about. So we give you actionable steps on how to practice them, different ways me and her both kind of dabble with our practice. We talk about why this is effective, how it can serve us in sport and beyond. Uh, and this is just a really good conversation. I hope you guys like it. If you're not on my newsletter, I definitely recommend you get added. I send out the fire to my newsletter family. It is articles, podcasts, videos, quotes, journal prompts, anything I can think of to support you guys. I'm investing a lot of energy in sharing my best info with my newsletter family. It's kind of like a really cool place for me to share as I learn with the community. So if you want to get added to that, I'll share the link in the notes below. Um, but without further ado, let's get into this amazing conversation I had with Haley Johnson all about mental performance, how we can adopt these practices today and make the most of this lockdown so that we come out of it better than ever. Enjoy. Tell me about, uh, before we get into like set the stage, what is your kind of backgrounds in athletics? Um, and you and I connect on this idea of like mindfulness and sport and really helping people transition out of the sport so that they don't feel maybe that uh, that lostness that you and I have experienced or that what do I do with myself or they don't have the tools mentally to kind of cope with transitioning their life's purpose in a way. So like what is your background in athletics and what kind of led you down this path of seeking this type of information for yourself and you know hoping to spread it? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a former NCAA gymnast. I competed at the Division One level, and I have 17 years of athletic experience under my belt. And when I was done with my sport, I went through this identity crisis where I didn't really know who I was anymore. So I started to peel back the layers and do some more internal work so I could really see beyond who I was um, as an athlete. Um, so I started to expand. I got into meditation and journaling. I started to learn a lot more about myself. And as I'm coming full circle, I'm realizing a lot of the gifts that I was given in my sport, such as visualization, have come full circle. And I can utilize those in my everyday life, in my business, my health, my relationships, etc. Totally. And what, it, what was that? Because um, I, I had the same experience, kind of that loss of identity after transitioning out of the sport. And it's almost like when you transition out of the sport, I felt at first like completely fine. I was almost excited for this new life outside of sports. You know, you get that that initial like, ooh, this is going to be awesome. And then I think it was like six months in, I was like, okay, this is weird and I didn't feel right. And it was only in retrospect that I kind of realized that it was this identity crisis. 
what was, uh, how did that kind of manifest for you? Like, what did it feel like? What was it like? Yeah, you know, I totally agree. Like coming up to my retirement, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I can finally like yeah. have a day <laughs> off to myself, you know? Um, and then I, I traveled, I explored, and then I came back home and I, I realized that I had this void within myself, almost this piece of myself that I was grieving, this loss of my sport, a loss of my soul who, that had been such mm. a pivotal piece of who I was for so long, 17 years, you know? Mm. Yeah. And so it was, it was really hard for me to understand. And I realized later that this, this void can never be filled with anything externally. It had to be filled with my own self-love. Mm. And so through that experience, I started to realize, you know, I started to step more into my, my power and, and, and learn more about this grieving process um, that we really have to honor mm. as we move forward in different chapters and different stages of our lives. So yeah, that's, I love that you say like honor the grieving and it, it is like, cause you are losing a part of yourself and uh, to maybe like be so caught up and I'm so excited for life outside of my basketball career for me was you know, it's, it's exciting at first and it makes it easier, but then to not mourn what I just lost and not, not to say that it was the wrong choice or that it needs to be this dramatic thing, but like just to have the mindfulness and awareness that in transitioning from something that kind of took up the entirety of my life, I will, you know, feel the effects of this and I'm going to be shifting my identity. And with the shift in identity, there's a lot of, uh, pain that comes with that. But I think, the way I, I resonate with your stuff and, you know, we both kind of went down this personal development journey to try to work on tools, meditation, journaling, things like that. It was only in turn after basketball and I applied these tools that I looked back and I said, not only is this helping me now, not only could have this helped me transition out of the sport, but this actually could have helped me be a much, much, much better athlete. And if I was a little more well-rounded and a little more grounded and a little more mindful, I think... I would have had a more pleasant experience playing basketball. I think I would have been a little more grounded. I wouldn't have been so all over the place mentally and emotionally. And I think I would have had better performance. Did you kind of find that to be the same experience? Absolutely. You know, I've been practicing meditation for about three years now. And every day that I do it, I'm like, ah, if I had, you know, these tools back then when I was competing, I would have been such a, you know, like you said, well-rounded athlete because, as a gymnast, I'm out there balancing my physical body on a beam, but I'm also balancing my emotions and everything else that comes with it. So mm -hmm. the practice of meditation has really helped me get grounded and centered and helped me regulate my emotions so much more. Had I had that in my sport, I know that I would have been more, you know, on point. I would have been more grounded and, and just, I know that my performance could have been better. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's like, a lot of people, you know, get into yoga for the, because they want to stretch. And then when they get into yoga and they begin to stretch, they begin to realize like, wow, yoga, it really helps my mind. Or it even goes into like a spirituality practice. And I think with athletes, and I'm looking back at my like high school, college self, especially in the earlier years of college, I don't think I would have been like, oh yeah, I want to get really emotional, intelligent and mindful. That's not, it wasn't even on my radar. It just sounded like a vocabulary that I didn't want to use. And I think what's been cool now to see is more and more athletes come out. You know, I've been trying to play my small humble part in getting this kind of information more normalized. And it seems like these last two years, last year and a half, 
that we're really starting to get some headway with like LeBron James, you know, sponsoring Calm and all these meditation apps. But to really understand that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, like any and then whatever your other, your sport is, the top performers that you think of as the best of the best do practice these tools. And I think if athletes just go into it thinking, okay, there's nothing to this except it's going to make me more calm in pressured situations. It's going to make me less emotional. It's going to help me be a better athlete. I think it's such a cool way to bridge athletes into a practice that will help their performance. Sure. Yeah. But then once they're done, they'd be like, oh, I can still use this. This is still going to serve me for my whole life and in so many more ways than I thought. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the beauty of these tools is that you can continue utilizing them for the rest of your life, especially meditation and visualization. That's huge in sports. And like you said, all the best of the best athletes use these tools. Kobe Bryant, Conor McGregor, he visualizes for, you know, uh, I don't even know, like two hours every day. Michael Phelps, Mm. all these fantastic athletes, they utilize these tools. They know that this enhances their overall well-being. So I couldn't agree with you more. I think that it's uh, something that is starting to become a little bit more normalized and I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. You were talking about the, how we were talking before this, how athletes, you know, are being stuck at home and you, you're sharing stuff on your page and how they might be feeling anxious and they can't get out in the court on the field or whatever they do. They might be kind of like pent up animals. What, but you said there's an opportunity here. Tell me about that. Yeah, so right now is a beautiful opportunity to set the foundation for what you want to manifest in the future. It's it's an opportunity to plan, practice, and prepare. Although you can't get into the gym or out onto the field to physically practice, now is the time to sharpen your visualization practice or introduce it into your daily routine. Um, you know, there are so many benefits to cognitive visual imagery. Um, our brain is continuously being shaped by our experiences. So the structure of our brain changes as we learn and adapt and experience new things. So with every thought, we reinforce a neural pathway, and that's called neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And so with the practice of visualization, it's known to make these epigenetic changes in our brain that works to rewire the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but that basically just means that our sub, our our brain cannot differentiate between real and imaginary. So this time off is the perfect opportunity to allow our mind to do the work. Mm. Um, Mm. So simulating events, you know, with athletes, events that you want to happen in your head, you can start to create the outcome you want to manifest. Yeah. And it's like in the time off we have, uh, it, it can feel debilitating, but it's like perhaps, you know, if we didn't have this time off for normal, we wouldn't have, it's so easy to just keep going action, action, physically, physically, you know, pushing, getting to the weights, practicing your skill, which is good. But like this time is forcing you to almost go back to the foundation of what's in between your ears. And I love that you said the visualization part. I just read Psycho Cybernetics. Have you read that? I haven't. It's, it's all about this same idea that you're talking about and how our brains are kind of like computers. And if you... Uh, kind of continually implant the image of what you want to create over and over and over it does create as you just said like these neural pathways these new connections in your brain and you're almost getting muscle memory before you've even done the thing so if you're visualizing yourself succeeding in whatever way you want to um, you're starting to kind of trick your nervous system into that this has already happened so that when the thing happens you know you are uh, you know you, you feel like you've been there before it's kind of like you for those 
that need more of a visual. It's like when you, if you close your eyes and really get clear on, and you pick up a lemon and you cut the lemon, and in your mind you imagine taking a big bite of this lemon, you will kind of cringe and you'll produce like weird saliva. And that mm-hmm. is a good example of your body producing a an immediate physical response to thoughts. And you can use this kind of thing to your advantage with things like visualization. And visualization, we were talking about before, this can be challenging. How how do you kind of see with visualization particularly this being like a thing people can actually practice right now? Like what do you what would you recommend? So firstly, set the intention and figure out what your goal is and what you want to focus on for the remainder of this quarantine or for the rest of your life and be specific and make it as real as possible. Hmm. So if it's winning a championship, like you said, feel all five senses. Imagine yourself kicking the game winning goal and the sweat dripping down your face, the bright lights, the roar of the crowd. Mm. And with each visual, fine tune the experience and be as descriptive as possible. You know, you're painting the picture. You're the artist of your own story. And the reason the details are so important is because it anchors the vibration you want to feel within the body. So when we elevate our vibration to something that feels good, like joy and gratitude, we fine tune the focus, which speeds up the law of attraction process. So this is beyond philosophy. This is literal physics based on vibration and frequency. And, you know, another tip that I would say is just to have fun with this. Hmm. You know, the juicier the goal, the better. Give yourself permission to be surprised with which, with what comes up as you elevate your vibration. Hmm. And for me, one of my favorite exercises is journaling. Uh, journal visualization is like easier for me somewhat, for some reason. So I'll take like a, a day, let's say, and just like on a Sunday and I'm having a lazy day. I'm like, I'm going to just write out my life as if it was per, like my ideal. And like you said, I try to get so specific. Like this is how I wake up. I wake up to the smell of coffee with this view and I'm with this person. And then I do this and this and this and I get excited. And it's like almost gives me goosebumps as I write it. And I think with that heightened emotion, that heightened excitement to what you're trying to visualize, it makes it so real to the body. Um, where in the past I've tried to do things like affirmations where I'm like, I am this, I am this. And Without the emotion, it can kind of just be like reading off a laundry list and it doesn't feel like it does the same thing to the nervous system. Yeah, so I I love that you touched on like getting it into the emotional body, getting it into the vibration, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And and like I explained earlier, our brain cannot tell the difference between an actual event or one that we visualize. So with the heightened emotion, um, you know, along with that is repetition, to rewiring the brain the more you activate these areas the the faster these the circuits fire within the brain um who has been your like who would you say is like one person either like an author or a speaker you've obviously like gone deep in this information and i have too i'm always curious who do who has been the most understandable and for you like so if if people aren't understanding the vocabulary, like where, what helped you the most and who's been like the most influential in terms of helping you think in terms of vibration, energy, and frequency? Um, you know, cause like Nikola Tesla, one of the most famous inventors, a science brain, he, his famous, one of his famous quotes is like, if you want to understand the laws of the universe, think in terms of, uh, vibration, frequency, or Mm -hmm. vibration and frequency. So this is like, you know, a metaphysical thing, but it's also a scientific type thing. Who is someone that really helped you kind of understand this world? 
For me personally, Dr. Joe Dispenza has mm. been huge in understanding the psychological and scientific side. Mm. I highly recommend any of his books or his videos. You know, yeah. he has a million on YouTube where he can really break it down. Um, and he explains it in such depth and detail. It, he's so captivating when he speaks. He, I, I can't help but not be interested, even though, you know, science and, and uh, psychology is not really my background or anything like that. It's so totally. realistic, you know. Mm-hmm. And the things that we're doing is so um, it can be easily applied. So um, mm-hmm. there's also another channel on YouTube called Athlete Equanimity, mm-hmm. and he provides really great tips and research on visuals. And I've learned so much just from watching his videos. He he knows how to um, break it down, and uh, you know, visual. I'm a visual learner, so um, he, he provides great um, visuals along with it as well. Athlete equanimity. I'm going to write that down right now. Yeah, highly recommend <laughs> that. I've been like – yeah, I like Joe Dispenza. I don't think there's anybody that has the resources, the data, the science. He's doing this at like a large scale, testing people's brainwaves, getting them into a meditative visualization state, seeing exactly how it changes uh, their physical body, and then he's got so much like – great evidence of how this has kind of transformed people's life is there any like um so we're stuck at home it's still quarantine as of now we don't know how long this will last what are some things maybe you and i can both recommend uh separately kind of like one to two practices or actionable steps that people can take right now to kind of start implementing some sort of you know mindfulness meditation visual visualization practice into this time like what what would you give me so, um, for me personally, I utilize visualization the most. I, mm. I learned this when I was 10 years old, when I first started competing. Um, what'd you do when you were 10 years old? So, you know, as a gymnast, gymnastics is a unique sport because, uh, it's team oriented, but it's based on individual performances. So the yeah. pressure is really high knowing that it was just me and my mind up there. Wow. Um, so to ease my anxiety, my coach introduced a practice of visualization. Mm. She looked me in the eye and she said, see it in your mind and trust yourself to let it happen. Mm. And that moment shifted the rest of my journey. Um, wow. Yeah, it was a very profound experience. I'm and, so and jealous that you have that at 10 years old. That's like, it's deep in your subconscious. That's like, those are formidable years. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I did not even realize how powerful the practice of visualization was when I was doing, I, I, my coach told me to, to do it and I did it. And, you know, and I, all I knew was that I felt empowered when I would do it. And now looking back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah. that was, that was really, really, that's such a beautiful gift that I was given. Um, and now, you know, I would visualize all day, every day, anywhere. It was, it was part of our assignments. So we would have our physical assignments on each event and then we'd have 10 visual assignments on each event also. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went home, I would still be doing it. My visuals, I'd be in the shower, visualizing, I'd be in, at school in class, and, you know, visualizing, not really paying attention. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, um, even to, to this day, I'm five years retired and sometimes I close my eyes and I'm still right there. Like I'm automatically like my I'm doing my beam routine in my head and I'm I'm like oh wow this is it's so ingrained wow um yeah so my suggestion would be um to just play around with what works for you visualization is you know a really really fantastic key that will help you um unlock your potential in your sport uh, I, I do think that a lot of people struggle with visualization so if you do you know don't worry it's not 
you know, you're not alone. It's just like any other skill, you know, as athletes, we know that it takes commitment and persistence to Mm. master a skill. So would you say like get reps doing one thing? Would you say, um, would you say kind of visualize the end result and assume that we're kind of moving towards that if we visualize it for ath- like for athletes specifically? I think that's that's something I'm curious about because I've used I use this differently. You know, I'm not I'm retired too, so I visualize more feelings now. How I want to feel, how I want to show up, how I want my energy to be, the kind of people I want to align with, mm-hmm. um, the kind of money I want to attract. But in terms of athletes. I'm thinking back, like, how would I do this when I was an athlete? What would you say? So you want to get specific on what it is that you want to manifest Mm. into your reality. So if it is, you know, if you want to win a championship or you want to be a national champion, then visualize how it would feel stepping up onto the podium, Mm. you know, imagine the crowd, imagine, um, you know, your teammates and everybody clapping for you, Mm. um, but if it is a sp- like a specific, like a for in you know basketball a three pointer, you know you want to perfect your three pointer shot, then yeah. that individual skill is what you want to continue repeating over and over and over. Hmm. Um, what are some things that come up when you're visualizing that almost make you wonder, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Because I think when I sit down sometimes to do a new practice, it's easy to think I'm probably not doing this right. So. What can people expect as like, you know, this is normal. This is normal. Don't worry too much. Um, I think one thing that, you know, came up for me a lot and still comes up, you know, as I'm, um, I visualize in my everyday life now, uh, sometimes negative things can creep in, Mm. you know? So when I was an athlete, sometimes I would be visualizing then all of a sudden I would fall and I was like, Oh my God, Mm. like I just fell like what, what happened? You know, I'm not supposed to be visualizing that. And, and the beautiful thing about it is you can always rewind. Hmm. Yeah. You know, you can always rewind and just, it is like, it it is like practice. huh? So it's it's like, I remember, Oh, so physically I've had a really cool experience. I I had a summer when I, I was trying to get really good at surfing and I, I was sucking and I think, and I told myself, you know, cause I knew all this information and I was well adept at this point. It was, uh, two summers ago. And I was like, I cannot, seem to get down this surfing thing and uh like and I really truly felt it was a mental block like I expected to fall at this point on the wave and I spent like a night just like I think it was only 30 minutes just visualizing over and over trying to get up on this wave cut in and just like do it really well do it really proficiently and for the first I would say like 20 minutes of that visualization I was falling and falling and falling and falling um, and it really did. It, it, and that's the crazy part to me. I, I remember having that similar experience of like, why am I falling even in my imagination? It's like, it's almost like there's grooves in our brain that are like, this is a, this is a very expected outcome. This is a very expected outcome. And then for me, just practicing use at first, it had to be almost very vague and blurry and trying to imagine riding this wave. And it didn't seem that crystal clear. It didn't have all the details. And then I would do it over and over and over until it became in my head so clear and so vivid. Uh, and I remember surfing the next day and catching more waves than I had ever had in my life. And just by the simple act of visualizing and actually seeing it in my head, like this has been done, Max, like you can do it. It's been done already. And then getting some sleep, letting my subconscious work on it. And then waking up that morning and surfing, I had like the best day of surfing I'd ever had. And since then I've become like, you know, I can surf now. Like that was, 
couple of years ago and I couldn't surf and then I could surf. So it's just very funny how mental reps do kind of change your subconscious expectation of terms of like, what is the expected outcome here? So if you practice over and over making a, you know, for my basketball players, like a crossover step back shot, that's pretty difficult. If you practice that in your head over and over and over until it's so crystal clear and you've succeeded at that in your head so many times doing it physically, you're kind of just more expected to, to succeed in that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I love that. I love the fact that, you know, you, you um, were persistent in your, uh, your visual meditation practice and it, it came to fruition. So that's such the, you know, that is the perfect um, story to, you know, for anybody that may be struggling with visualization or maybe um, intimidated if they, they feel like their outcome is not coming out how they want to just, it's okay. Hmm. You know, it's okay. You can always rewind and, and keep practicing. And that's the power of the repetition is, is we're enhancing the neurological connection in the brain. And like you said, we're rewiring it. So, yeah. So it does take some practice. I would offer us my practice. Like I would say, if you don't have a meditation practice of some sort, just, just experiment with one. And so I think cause visualization and meditation, I think are like brother and sister. They're like, they go hand in hand. So you, a meditation practice can be as simple as sitting down for five minutes every day in the morning before you like, get super stimulated and just trying to focus on the breath and just become aware for the first time maybe that your mind is so all over the place and your job is simply as many times as you need to your reps will be coming back to your breath coming back to your breath and it might be 200 times within five minutes that your brain goes off in a different direction and you have to come back to your breath Um, and if you do have a meditation practice if you have practiced it I would recommend anybody listening to go for at least 10 to 20 minutes for like 10 days straight. Cause so many people will say, I've tried it. I don't know if I'm that good at it. There is no being good at meditation. There is no, my mind's too crazy for meditation. It's just a simple practice that, uh, the more you show up, the more you gently can learn to pull your attention back to your breath, the more you essentially are training your brain to be in this moment. And then I've found when I have five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes of like a very nice sit in a meditation where I can just breathe and I can notice my mind wander and I can bring it back and I can bring it back. Then I'll do my visualizations often and they are just so much more powerful because I kind of, I have, like if you think of the mind as a horse, I kind of have now my horse on a, a leash and I can tell him exactly where I want to go. So if I'm trying to visualize, it helps to have some sort of autonomy in terms of the way I'm thinking. Um, if that makes sense. So like if I sit down for me personally, if I sit down and visualize, visualize right away, sometimes it can be so easy to get sidetracked. And then I'm like, you know, this isn't working, but, uh, I would offer for anybody that doesn't have a consistent meditation practice, just sit for five minutes. If you're new to it, maybe 15, if you, if you've done it before, uh, and just practice coming back, coming back, coming back, and it will help, um, your stress levels, your, your nervous system, and it, it will help you visualize like with, with what you said, Haley. Yeah, I love that. The, the power of meditation is, is unbelievable. It's made huge changes in my own life. Um, and I love that you shared about the horse, you know, and just bring it back, bring it back. And like, you're in control and you're not, you know, running on empty. I think what happens a lot of the times, especially with athletes is where we're, in, you know, they're living in overdrive. So, um, in survival mode when a lot of the times, um, other, you know, 
spirituality, emotional, mental um, health is not a priority. So I love that you um, are bridging those two things and, you know, it's going to have amazing uh, benefits How in the long run. My meditation practice right now can be all over the place. Like I'll have a really nice sit sometimes and it's like I feel like, ooh, my mind's really, you know, listening to me and it's just staying really present on my breath. And then lately, you know, some days I'm just like, did I just sit for 20 minutes and just think and think and think and like, and almost forget to come back to my breath. So how, how it's like so funny with this time we're in, it can be, um, I'm, I'm becoming more aware of the turbulent mind sometimes. How have you found, you know, sitting or visualizing like in, in the, and the ebbs and flow of that practice. Cause I think that's important to note that it's not like a, it's not like you meditate for 10 days and then you're, you're a good meditator. Like I've been doing this for years and I still sometimes feel like I have to go back to the basics. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I, I use the practice of transcendental meditation. So I use a mantra to help me connect with my breath. Mm, that... Explain that for, um, cause I'm even pretty new to that. Explain that. Yeah, so I started out with regular meditation, you know, sitting, following yeah. my, my breath, um, and it was good. It, it took me a long time to drop in, and then I, I found out about the practice of transcendental meditation, and what it is is you repeat a mantra hmm. over and over simultaneously with your breath. Can you give and, me an example? Yeah, so for me, it would be something like, I love myself. Mm, nice. I love myself. This is my self-love practice. This is, you know, my time. Um, to get still and um, create unity with source. Mm. Um, and and do, you, so, do you say the mantras out loud? I say them in my head. Nice. Okay. That's important. With my breath. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I'm all about comfort. Like I lay down, I have like a big old blanket. I, you mm. know, it's whatever is comfortable for me to be able to drop in and relax mm. um, is the most beneficial for me. Mm. And I've tried a bunch of different kinds of meditation, but Transcendental has been the most effective for me because uh, the mantra, similar to the breath, brings me back. It mm. brings me back. It brings me back. Totally. A lot mm -hmm. of people I really admire use that type of meditation style, and I think I've been, I've dabbled with it, and I think I'm being curious. It's definitely something I want to try more of because, yeah, sometimes it's hard to come back to the breath, or the breath isn't almost like, almost it doesn't keep your attention as well as maybe a mantra would. Do, mm -hmm. do you say the mantra when you're breathing in and breathing out? Is it kind of a mix? Is it like I love and then exhale myself? How is that? Um, it would, it's like a, a buildup. Mm. So as I'm breathing in, it would be like, I love myself. And then breathe out. Mm. And then breathing in. Yeah. And, mm. you know, you play around with whatever mantras work for you. I have I use a, a multitude of mantras yeah. that work for me depending on how I'm feeling or whatever I feel necessary for that day. Mm. That's a good point. How, mm -hmm. how do you think for you, for athletes, for me, for anybody, how have you, you, you said you're a corn queen or whatever. That was, that was <laughs> funny. You're like, you're making the most of this time in quarantine. Like you are thriving, you know, you mm -hmm. feel like, and I feel that way. I feel like my mind, body, soul has been, and it's not all been easy, of course, but I feel a very recalibrated and I feel very reset and like that I'm shifting. And so for other people listening, how could this be in your mind? Like, a very good gift. How can this be a gift in the long run? Um, this is a beautiful gift right now because this is the opportunity. This is a very unique opportunity to set the foundation for what you want to create in the future. You know, whether you're an athlete or a regular, you know, person with business goals, etc. 
um, for me, what's been very helpful has been creating a schedule and a routine or a ritual. You know, everything that I'm doing, I'm I'm doing consciously with intention. So mm. waking up, I'm going to get my sweat in. I'm working out. You know, the body movement has been really helpful for me, moving stagnant energy. Mm. Um, then sitting down with my journal and journaling. You know, I, I do a, a, a full page of, I call it a brain dump just kind of thoughts and just get them out. Hmm. And then I do like a gratitude and affirmation page and then, um, my meditation. Hmm. And then, yeah, that, those have, that has been like a solid pillar for creating, um, a deeper connection with myself and getting in tune with my intuition, allowing my intuition, the, the voice to be heard Hmm. for the, you know, for the first time, in a long time, this is, you know, this is a unique opportunity because we don't have to feel guilty for taking extra time for ourselves, or, you know, we need a little bit more time for our self love practice or whatever it may be. Mm. This is a beautiful, beautiful opportunity to, uh, take it full speed. Mm. What I'm Yeah. I, I totally resonate. Like what I hear and what I'm, I love that you said, and cause I, I feel the same way is like in this time, it allows us to just like stop obligation a little bit what might my ideal routine look like? It gives, it gives us time to experiment. Um, and for me, you know, the routine often can be regimented and, uh, like sometimes feel like a task list. Like I need to do this. I need to do this. But in this time in quarantine, it really has been, okay, how can I like nurture myself and what truly does feel like it's supporting me for this uncertainty and this, whatever I want to do with this day. And so I have even found like a refinement of my morning routine, that has allowed me maybe to sleep a little more than I usually, uh, spending more time in meditation, um, also prioritizing movement and, and removing stagnant energy with things like yoga. And it is really cool how, if anything, we're relearning how to, when so much is uncertain and when there's so much weirdness in our lives and in society, how can we maybe refine our routine, our practices, so that we are showing up with like, a much stronger connection to whatever craft we're pursuing for me and you, it's not necessarily sport anymore, but I think for people who are listening, who are athletes or not athletes, like whatever you do is kind of your sport. Um, and so this is just a beautiful opportunity to have time and space to like really invest in yourself and in practices that will just level you up all across the board and very much so with your sport, whatever that is. Yeah, definitely. Fill yourself up. Yeah, I love it. I love it, girl. What is uh, any books or resources you could offer? Um, my resources. I highly recommend Joe Dispenza. Yeah, me too. I do yeah. Too. If you're if you're um, a science brain and need scientific evidence, Joe Dispenza is the way to go. Yeah, and then um, the Athlete Equanimity oh, yeah. channel. You, we already kind of covered this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got us. <laughs> <laughs> what are you uh we talked before this what have you been offering athletes like how would you love to support athletes i know a lot of my audience is basketball players um i know there's a lot of ex-athletes in my audience if there is some way that you wanted if my audience if there's some way you guys want extra support haley's got you but like what haley are you looking to help people with and what would you be excited about if someone reached out to you and said i need help with this yeah, so I have basically blossomed into who I needed when I was an athlete. So I am an overall wellness coach. 
So I offer support and resources to help athletes thrive and elevate their entire being, not just the athletic side. So I provide tools such as meditation, visualization, mindset techniques, or whatever your focus is. I'm here to be in service to athletes. So, um, yeah, I offer complimentary coaching sessions, and I I would love to to get in in contact and really be of service during this quarantine time. This is a very bizarre time. Um, So if you're, you know, experiencing stress or anxiety, um, please get in touch with me. Yeah. Or any any coaches as well. I also host visual um, visualization clinics um, and things like that as well. Very true, very true. And uh, I'm excited to hear more about how that goes. I like to end this question with a a question that makes you think. Um, what is a piece of advice that you would give Haley? Let's say four years ago. Oh wow. <laughs> Um, you know, there's probably nothing that I would listen to four years ago, but it would definitely be, (laughs) if I would listen, it would be more self-love. Absolutely. 100% more self-love. And how does one begin to practice self-love? For me, my practice is meditation every day. It's like a daily hug. It's like a little hug to my soul. It's like, ah. I honor you. I acknowledge you with reverence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. It's a, a moment of stillness. Mm. That's yeah. beautiful. I second that. I'm I'm still working on that, and that's been a that's been a good practice. It's just getting that hug from the stillness. I love mm-hmm. it, Haley. Thank you for um. Thank you for just having this conversation with me and like opening your heart and opening your mind to this conversation and just showing up and being present. I know podcasting isn't something that you do a ton so you have been awesome you've been a gift to let me reflect on these ideas and i've learned a lot from this and i appreciate you thank you so much for having me this has been fantastic and i i really appreciate everything that you're doing on your platform and bringing this knowledge to people so thank you sweet and then last thing where can people find you real quick oh um i'm most active on instagram so you can find me my ig handle i'll tag you up perfect baba ganoush there we go i love it That does it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Share this episode if you like it. Send it to your mom, your grandma, your brother, whoever might like it. Share a screenshot to Instagram. I love when you guys do that. Again, if you're interested in learning with me and if you want me to send you articles, book recommendations, journal prompts, or anything else I can think of to support you, get added to the newsletter. I'll include a link in the show notes below. I love you guys. Hope you guys are having a good day. See you on the next episode. Bye, bye, bye.